My name is Rusty Williams, and I serve on staff here at Keystone Montgomeryville. And there's many of your faces that are new to me, and uh, I would love to get to meet you today. A lot of times, I'm a little bit behind the scenes with some things, and so I love to meet people. In fact, today, I get to speak on probably my most favorite subject, and that is relationship. Relationship. Now, you notice I didn't put a plural on that. Relationships, right? And the reason I didn't put a plural on that is because sometimes that implies us, or causes us to think about like the broader spectrum of the people, the, the friendships that we have, and how am I doing on my relationships, and, and how am I doing in my marriage, how am I doing with my kids, and all of that is really, really important, and that fits into this. But I really want us to focus today on making space for relationships. And that's something that happens and really begins internally. This openness and this willingness and, and sort of this surrender to be, to be open to relationship, to be vulnerable, right? And one of the, one of the, the first place that begins and one of the, sometimes one of the hardest places to do that is in our relationship with God. I know that can seem a little weird sometimes because we go, well, I mean, God knows everything that's going on in my life anyway. But, you know, that song that we just sang right there, uh, Lord, I Need You, right? That, that's on a playlist I have for when I do, like, morning quiet time and stuff. That's, that's one of my go-to. And I'm not Mr. Emotional and, all oh, this song, this does it. But that song, for whatever reason, that enables me to really just open up. And do you ever get in a room somewhere by yourself, nobody's watching you, and worship the same way that you just did in here? Ever do that? It's awesome. But also, too, sometimes, especially at first, it feels a little weird, doesn't it? Because you're like, this is odd. I'm just in here doing this by myself. There's really nobody here. And you know God's there and all of that. But it just feels a little different. Why? Because you're, suddenly you're going, okay, God, it really is just me and you. And I'm just being vulnerable before you. There is no show being put on for anybody here. And let's face it, our flesh will always drive us to want to put on a little bit of a show. I know you, you, you say, I don't want that. I don't want to do that. And God helps us. But our flesh will always sort of fight for us to, to say, well, I wonder, you know, these people, they, they, they should know and see that I love God, right, when we're in this public setting. But relationship really begins in that, in that personal time, that intimate time with him. And so I'm not just going to focus on our time with him, but I really want us to focus on that at the beginning here so that we can see how that God wants to use that to impact what happens around us. Now, for those of you that know me, Okay, and that's many of you in this room. I, I, can I say this without in any way, shape, or form sounding like I'm bragging? Because I promise you, I am more than willing to talk about my weaknesses this morning. Okay? You say, well, let's hear about some of those, Rusty. Not right now. You, they'll, they'll, you'll hear them at some point. But the one thing I think if you know me, that you would say, if somebody said, give me an attribute about Rusty, it would be that I'm relational. I like people. I once got offered a job at a church, uh, not recently, um, but I'm in my eighth year, my eight and a half years, so don't, yeah, not recently, it was before I came here. And the guy, when he called me to offer me the position, I ultimately turned it down to come here. But he, he said, Rusty, you could have a conversation with a snowball. And I could. 
but they melt eventually. But um, I can talk to anybody, and I do talk to just about anybody. I'm relational. I love people. I love to talk to people. I love to find out about people. Now, I think I've shared this, but it's been a few years. You won't remember it anyway. But I actually, when I was younger, and especially when I was in college, was incredibly shy. And some of you are going, yeah, right, in your world you were. No, I was. When I was going to school in the area, and I was living at home and commuting, and I didn't know a lot of people, I would avoid certain hallways so that I wouldn't walk by a crowd, this one crowd of, of students and everything. Because I thought all their eyes were on me, which is, isn't that funny how we do that? So self-centered, our shyness. But that's what I thought. And I was very, very awkward. I just, I can't even tell you. When I was in high school, I mean, it's amazing I ever got married, okay? It is, because I was so shy. My wife is the only person I ever had a serious relationship with. I went out on a couple of dates, but I think you, most of those girls were kind of like, you know, I don't know that he knows what dating really is. Because I was so shy. And I struggled with that. And when I, it finally culminated when I was studying at, at Bible college. And I was really like, man, I just, mm, like, Lord, what is wrong? Like, why am I this way? It was an insecurity. And it was a shyness. And, and, and it, was, it was getting to be very debilitating. And I... It was affecting my grades, by the way, too. And I, I finally just started waking up every day and, and praying really early and just seeking God, and he began to deal with me. And one day, God dealt with me, and he spoke into my spirit. He said, you know, I've called you to be a pastor, but that's going to be really difficult if you are shy with people. You're going to have to, you're going to, and I'm like, well, Lord, help me. And honestly, you want to know what God spoke to me? He's like, well, you're going to just have to do it. You're just going to have to do it. You're going to have to start building relationships with people and just put yourself out there. And so I'll never forget that. One day I'm sitting out in this big corridor that everybody would walk through, and there was this person walking by from one of my classes who I didn't know, and it was like right in that moment the Spirit quickened me and said, you're going to talk to this person. And it was a girl, by the way. I wasn't, Kelly and I weren't dating at that point or engaged or anything, but, and, uh, and I, and so she's walking by, I went, hi, how you doing? And she went, oh, hi. I said, you're in my whatever class it was. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, where are you from? And she's like, well, I'm from, you know, and oh, that's great. You know, we talked for a minute and I was like, oh, have a good day. And she walked away and I was like, I think she was like, that was strange. And I'm like, all right, God, yeah. (laughs) I talked to her. And I just started doing that. And you know what I discovered? I discovered that when you talk to people about their life, it usually never bothers them. They usually love it. And it's kind of a nice coping mechanism when you are a little shy, but that's not what this is about. But here's the main point of what I want us to really dive into this morning, and that is that, and and I'm going to state it in the first person, I am created for relationship. Say that with me. I am created for relationship. Now I know that in sermons when we say these kinds of things, we tend to go, another nice point, I'm created for relationship. You could probably go read The Purpose Driven Life and see that right there in one of the chapters. But here's the thing. There is power in the way that you were created. 
Because if you know that you were created for relationship, if you know that the model in which you were created to be and to be patterned after, then it changes your whole life. It changes every conversation you have. It changes every engagement that you, in, that you participate in. I'm talking the little things. Wawa, right? I go to Wawa every day for one reason or another, okay? And one reason is coffee, and the other is coffee, okay? And, and sometimes gas. But oftentimes, you know, people are open the doors for, for people, and, and, I'm, and I'll sit down and be like, hey, man, come on. I sometimes get a string of them going, and they're like, this guy's a little wacky. But I, I just use that as an opportunity because of what God has done in my life and who he is. Right? The other day, Kelly and I went to Wawa in the morning, and this, this girl, like, opened the door for us, and, and we said, oh, thank you. She's like, well, of course. But I, I had to laugh a little bit because the, then there was a guy, a young guy that came up behind us and shouted for me, and he was like, thank you. And she's like, mm-hmm. I was like, I said to Kelly, I said, did you notice the difference in the response there? She was like, I'm not giving him a course. He might get the wrong idea. But those are the little opportunities. We're not, the, listen, we have plenty of opportunities at Keystone. Montgomeryville, and, and we have plenty of great, and we'll talk about some of those. And, but can I just say that it's sad to live as a church when we believe that our only opportunities that we're waiting for the church to sit in a conference room and strategize how we as individuals are going to be the church? If you leave it to that, you'll only do it a few hours out of the week, sometimes a few hours out of the month. God has called you to be in relationship continually. Now we're going to look at Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 because it's, it shows you, number one, the image that we're created in. So let's just read that. It says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image. Father, Son, Holy Spirit is what our means. I've always been. It says, After our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And we're talking about animals, creatures, not necessarily human beings there, although I'm sure you probably thought of one or two. But that's the image that we're created in. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We are created in the image of God. We read about the, in the Gospels about Jesus, and we're going to see here in a minute what Jesus did at the most trying time in his life and what relationship looks like. But can we just accept for one moment that I am created for relationship and what relationship looks like is found in Jesus. That's your model. That's your model. Listen, if there's another model, we've, the world has tried every possible model you can find. The motivational speaker with the really white teeth, yes. You name it. We've tried every model under the sun. How many of you think it's working as a whole in our society? There's only one model. There's only one reason why I can look out over this crowd this morning and see people from all walks of life in here today. Singing style, a style, one style of music. We, none of us, we like, everybody in here has different styles of music, but we can sing that one style of music in our worship and we can worship together and we bonded together in the spirit. There's only one reason that we can walk in this morning and put all of the divisions aside, put all of the disagreements aside. It's because of the relationship that we have with Jesus Christ. He's our model. And so I want to read about the greatest 
representation of that. The greatest model, the greatest way that we can see that Jesus did that in Luke 23, 36 through 43. And it says, it's when Jesus was, had been led up the hill, Golgotha, and he was being put on the cross. He's now hanging on the cross and he's got two thieves on either side of him. You know, just before this, what we're going to read, Jesus actually cried out to God on behalf of those who were actively nailing him to the cross. Actively nailing him to the cross. And what did he do? He cried out to God on their behalf. And he said, Father, forgive them. Forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Give them what he did. That's, that's relationship. That's, how, that's the image that we were created in. But then it goes on further here, and it says this, and starting in verse 36, the soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. Come on, man. You're king of the Jews. Now's the time. If you, you're not king of the Jews. Save yourself. Verse 38 says, there was also an inscription over him. This is the king of the Jews. Ultimate mocking. Verse 39 says, one of the criminals who were hanged railed at him saying, are you not the Christ? Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. Come on, man. If you're him, let's go. Get us all out of here. It says, but the other thief rebuked him saying, do you not fear God since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? Come on, man. We deserve to be up here. He says in 41, and we indeed justly, we're here. It's justified that we're up here. We've done wrong. This guy has done nothing wrong. He says, for we are receiving the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, so this man turned to Jesus and said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom and he said to him, truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Isn't the grace of God so amazing that in that moment, this guy's getting ready to die. And he says, I don't care what you've done up till now. It's not based upon works. You just displayed faith in me. You asked, asked me to remember you in paradise. You put your faith in me. He says, you will be with me today in paradise. Can I just say to you today that it doesn't matter what you did before you walked in the room. It doesn't matter if you're obsessed with a thought from when you were young of something that you did that you are just tortured by. God is not stumped by that. You can cry out to him today and you could, hopefully it doesn't happen in your life, but you could leave this earth today and be with him in paradise. That's the greatness of God. That's the grace of God. But imagine he's standing, he's on the cross, they're mocking him, and they're saying, if you're king of the Jews, then save yourself. And what Jesus is thinking, he says, it's precisely the fact that I'm king of the Jews, that I am the Messiah, that I am the Savior, that I am not going to save myself, because I can save you. You that are nailing me to the cross, I can save you. I can deliver you from your sin. That's the greatness of who he is. In his most difficult moment. Now, I just want to ask you, okay? What was, don't, we're not going to raise hands here, but what was your most difficult moment this week? I'm guessing that it didn't compare with bodily mutilation. 
I'm guessing that whatever it was cannot even begin to compare with what Jesus was going through. You know, I have found in myself a little bit recently, but see, there's with it, so I told you a weakness would come up, okay? I have found myself complaining a little bit. I have. A little bit more than normal. A little bit more than I should be. Just complaining. You know, woe is me. And then I would take it into watching the Phillies game. Don't worry, I'm not going to go there too much. But listen, guys, they did way more than we ever thought they were going to do. But I would be watching a game. First inning, first at bat. Remember that one game where it was the first game that Wheeler pitched? I'm just taking me a second. Some therapy for Mike and I up here. And... Wheeler, their best pitcher, Jose Altuve, comes up. It was almost like the ball looked like a basketball. He's just like, boom, he just gets up, double. Guy, next guy comes up, boom, double. Three pitches, they were down 2 nothing. But that first hit, I, that first hit, I mean, it was just a hit, right? Just a double, could have easily got it. I'm like, man, what are they doing? Gee, and like my girls are like, I think I'll go upstairs. But we can complain about a lot of things. We complain about, you know, each other. Some of you are complaining about something in here this morning, and, and some of it is justified. If it, please, you, we'll take feedback. It's okay. But we, we find things that, that bother us. Sometimes we just feel like, man, Lord, I've been in my job for so many years, and I feel like I'm getting nowhere. I feel like this person, I get passed over every single time in this person, then this person, and then this person. And I listen, I'm, I'm not arrogant. I'm not talking about me, by the way. I'm not arrogant and, and all of that. And, 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 but I, I do know that I'm qualified. I could do that. Why do I get passed over? Why do I sit at this same desk year after year? Why do I deal with the same neighbor day after day? Why do I deal with the same hang-up in my life day after day? Why is my car always broken? Can I get an amen? I'm so tired of cars, I'm telling you. Just why, 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 right? Something to complain about, something to lament, something to be upset about. But can I just say that in the scheme of our life, all of these things tend to be junk that gets shoved into the basement of our life so there's no room for relationship. And Jesus has the ultimate torture session, has the ultimate thing that he could complain about. Imagine if he's sitting there saying, today live with me in paradise. What are you talking about, man? I'm, I can't really breathe here. You don't mind. I'm trying to be the savior of the universe at the moment. If you could just give me a few moments. I'm trying to carry this cup, and it's heavy. I'm trying to drink from this cup, and it's bitter. But he doesn't do that. You know, the one lie that we believe over and over again is that if I put others before myself, that somehow I can't be fulfilled. That somehow I can't fulfill my God-given purpose. That it's got to be about what I'm doing, my strategy, my design, what, I, what, what my goals are, what my dreams are. The reality is, is because we're created in the image of God, the way that you were created, get this, okay? The way that you were created, the way that you're designed is to put others first and be fulfilled. Hear that. You were designed to put others first and be fulfilled. 
to not put yourself first, to not want to be always at the front of the line, but to be willing to be at the back of the line. It's in the Bible. You were designed to put others first and still fulfill you. In fact, that is your God-given purpose. That is your purpose. So there's two questions that I want to just encourage you to ask yourself this morning. How many of you like to ask yourself, don't you hate that when people do that, but I'm going to do it anyway, okay? Why don't you ask yourself this question, right? Because you're like, you know, I don't know, Rusty, I guess. Like, I, you know, fine. I'm so tired of questions. But I want you to answer this honestly. First one is, am I embracing relationships? Now, this isn't just, am I embracing my spouse? I hope you're embracing your spouse. If you're not embracing your spouse, right after the service, you need to go up and give them a big hug. All right? But I hope you are. I hope you are. This isn't just, am I embracing relationship with my kids? This isn't even, am I embracing relationship at Keystone? That's all really important. But are you, is there space for you to stop and embrace the interruptions? See, that's when we get tested. This morning, everything under the sun was going wrong <laughs> in here. Everything. I was sweating before I ever came up here. And that's exactly the moment when somebody would be, hey, Rusty, how you doing? And I'm like, ha, 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 hey, 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 man. You know, uh, because you're like, I can't do this right now. But you want to be, hey, I can't talk to you right now. I got to go deal with something, you know. It's, that's always when we get tested. I'm telling you, you bank it. If you are going to embrace relationships, you are going to have to be willing to put something down. You're going to have to be willing to clear something out and make space. You're going to have to be willing to not have all the ducks in a row. Okay? I'm pretty good at that. I could, if there was a college that taught people how not to have all their ducks in a row, I could be the dean of that college. That I could totally do it. Are you embracing relationship the way that Jesus did? Now, thankfully, because of the price he paid, we don't have to pay that kind of price. But we're created in his image. When it, what does relationship look like for us the way we're designed? Well, we were created to be able to focus on others and be fulfilled doing it. Are you doing that? Are you doing that? The second question is, what am I allowing to clutter my relationship space? To try to get a picture in your mind. Maybe it's trust issues. Jesus was, I mean, he was surrounded by people who betrayed him, but later died for his cause. Why did they die for his cause? Because he was faithful. Because he made space for relationship, even though they betrayed him. Peter betrayed him. Later Persecuted. All of them. They betrayed him. He was surrounded by people that you could say, boy, Jesus, how did he not have trust issues? Sometimes that's the biggest thing that gets in the way is we don't feel like we can trust people. You know, one of the worst things is when you start to become mastered by the conversation that you imagine people are having 
about you. I see a couple heads going like this. Boy, that is a, that is a nasty battleground. Nasty, nasty battleground. Worried about what people think. Can I, that guy paid me that compliment. Wonder why he said that. You ever think that? What's that about, man? You don't say, oh, thanks. Well, I wonder what that was all about. Am I about to get, like, fired or something? I mean, like, hey, man, I just appreciate you. Oh, good. Why don't you just tell me what's really going on, right? You just, see? I see it. You're like, uh-huh, yeah. We're conditioned that way. Why? Because we live in a world of human nature. If people are, we're deceitful, man. We, we can do all kinds of things. I heard a really good quote recently by Rick Warren, and I, it's awesome. And he said, this is what he said. I'm telling you, you should write this down. It's not going to be on the screen, unfortunately. Write it down. What people think about you is none of your business. None of your business. But I think that we are so dictated by and controlled by trust issues. I don't want to engage in relationship because I really am worried about what happens when it gets to a place of vulnerability and i got to trust the person. You know, we've got junk in the basement from things that people did. Every time something happened, it was like somebody showed up with a front end loader. It was like, hey, could you open the back door to your basement? I'm just going to drop some junk in there and, and, and corrupt your space for relationships. And by the way, you do it too. Because we're all imperfect. We, we, we don't even know it sometimes that we did it. Yeah, one of the things that I just, that I hate is when my kids might come to me and say, you know, Dad, you said you were going to do such and such. And I was like, oh, I did say that, didn't I? They, in that moment, right, I wasn't trustworthy. I didn't come through. We got to get that junk out, the space, you know, and make room. Uh, I... Sometimes it's undealt with wounds. You know, what un, you know what an undealt with wound does? It smells. I'm sorry to direct your attention to that illustration, but an undealt with wound smells. It stinks. Sometimes the stench gets in the way of us being open to other relationships because we had wounds from people that we haven't dealt with. I never forget when we were living in Baltimore years ago. This you want to talk about a season of my life that I complained a lot and I would soon rather not remember that was a season. But God was faithful. But we moved out of a condo to move into this other house just a few miles up the road and it was local and we had like that it's a, it's a great convenience, but it's a, it's a horrible convenience when you have time. You don't have to be out of that place, and it's local. So you're like, oh, we'll come back and get it. Oh, we'll come back and get it. Oh, we'll come back and get it. That's not that much. That's not that much. And then you show up to get it, and you're like, where did all this stuff come from? Well, we were doing that, and I had done a really diligent job about making sure that our utilities and stuff were changed over. I was really proud of myself until... I was driving down the road one day, and a light bulb went on in my head. That you never got some of that stuff out of the refrigerator. The electricity has been turned off several days. Oh man! And I showed up, and oh, 
I, I'm not good with that. I got a gag reflex that'll rival anybody. And, uh, and let me tell you, it could have been a one of these real videos you see. They could have made one. And I'm open. I'm like, oh. And it was awful, 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 awful. I can't describe for you how awful it was. I can still smell it. That's the power of the brain. You can smell something that's no longer here. You can hear the sound of a person's voice that's no longer alive. Think about that. Wounds. Wounds. Wounds smell that are undealt with. I can still smell that stench in there. Right? And because, and honestly, I would have just soon, if like, if they could have said, hey, listen, nobody's going to be living here for a year, I'd be like, I'll come back in a year and clean the refrigerator up. By then, something ought to be different. But we avoid it, right? Now, in that case, I couldn't do that. But in our life, we have things rotting in the fridge, the wounds that are rotting because the, it was turned off and, and we don't, we've never gone back and invited God to come in and to help us deal with our wounds and to bring healing. And so we just get stumped by that. I cleaned out our basement a few years ago, was really proud of that. If I took you on a tour of my basement right now, you would say, when did you clean it out? What happened? I didn't have a purpose for the space that I cleaned out. And so it just got riddled with more junk. Sometimes we go and we deal with these things and we clean out all, we deal with the wounds and we deal with the trust issues and we heal from that, but we don't replace that space with purpose. You were created for relationships. See, if I would have purposed that space and made it into something that we used and that had value, then we wouldn't be just throwing any old thing in the basement. If I would use the space that God has given me for relationship, then we wouldn't allow every other day to have an insult or a, a weird stare or anything get in the way. What are you allowing to clutter your relationship space? Think about it for a second. Some of it, it's obvious. Some of it, for you, it's just totally obvious. And listen, I, I want to tell you, I realize that there are some wounds that are really, really deep and are really painful. I get it. I get it. And I, and I understand that, that it's easy for me to get up here and even say that because I haven't dealt with your wounds. I realize that. But when you realize that you were created a relationship, and something is getting in the way of you experiencing that, then whatever that is that was so painful continues to produce new pain, continues to produce new dysfunction and new problems. What is relationship? How, what does it, how does God use it? Why, do, why should we want to do this? Why is it important that we know about the idea that we can put others first? Why is it important that I would create space for relationship? Well, the first thing is this. Relationship is how God changes us. That's how you, people don't change in a vacuum. People don't change in solitary confinement. I mean, it, they change, but we don't change in the way that God wants us to apart from each other. The Bible says that they had everything in common when they met together as the church in relationship. Why did that matter? Because what happened was this change began to take place. How many of you have, you would, know, you would just be willing to show your hand right now and say, Rusty, I have one area of my life so much right now that I would do just about anything to see God change it. 
just, I, man, I would so do anything. Would you pray and ask God to lead you to a relationship that you haven't expected or maybe you haven't been open to and maybe it's somebody that God wants to use in your life to bring change? Would you pray that bold prayer? Because relationship is how God changes us. How do I know that? Because it's our relationship with Jesus that changes us. It's that one-on-one vulnerability that I talked about earlier, but it's also through other people. The second thing is, is that relationship is how God unifies us. We need unity, right? We need unity. And it's not about being aligned politically. It's not about being aligned in any other way, but in Christ. We live in a world of tension. There's tension everywhere. I mean, listen, I I didn't think it was possible for the traffic, the drivers to be more impatient. But how many of you would agree they seem more impatient? Some of you are going, I don't think there's anything wrong. Well, you're the one that's being really impatient. Like, I'm getting exactly where I need to go with no problems, Rusty. Everything is fine. It's, there's tension. Ever, there's just, ten, I don't mean to be negative, right? But I'm just being honest. We're just being aware. There's tension everywhere. We live in a world of tension. But here's the thing. It's time for us to stop ignoring and burying our head in the middle of the tension. It's time to begin to pay attention to the tension. In the midst of the tension, to realize that there are people that God has put around us that he wants us to be in relationship with. He desires for you to be the one that brings change, that makes a difference, the one that brings light, the one that speaks a word of hope, the one that brings a word of peace, the one that just shows up with a smile on your face, the one who just happens to speak to somebody at a checkout counter that's really going through it. Recently, again at a Wawa, I get it, we'll deal with my Wawa issues later, but there's that little Wawa in Southerton I go to, and there's a guy that works there, and he has a prosthetic leg. And so I just had noticed that at one point. And for some reason, I don't know, my wife looked at me like I was the little kid who asks inappropriate questions when I did it. She was like, why? And I just said, can I ask you a question? He said, what's that? I said, how did you lose your leg? Got a line of people behind me. It wasn't the best timing. I, 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 I understand. I didn't say it real loud. But I just, I was just, I said, how did you lose? He goes, and he looked at me, and he said, it happened in a motorcycle accident. I said, how long ago was that? He said, just two years ago. I said, you know, my grandfather had a prosthetic leg. He said, how did that happen? I said, he got hit by a train. I said, but a dog saved his life. He went, really? I said, yeah. And I said, well, listen, I said, I'm going to be praying for you. Because I would imagine that that is a horrible, horrible experience that has to come back. He goes, yeah, it does. And at this point, it was either just progress forward and have an altar call or pay and move on. (laughs) Hey, listen, get the regular blend of coffee for the communion and the bread of life. And, (laughs) but why, I mean, listen, I, I, we got to stop in the middle of the... T- there was tension. My, there was tension with my wife. My wife's like, why? I got to go to work. Why are you asking this guy this right now? <laughs> like, seriously. You'd be like, why did that happen to you? I, you know, well, little Johnny, things happen to people sometimes. You know, it... But 
in the, you know what? I believe it was the Holy Spirit that led me to ask it. But how, I got to be willing to pay attention to the tension. I was the look on his face. You could see it. Be available in the tension. Will you clear out the clutter and say, I am not just about me today, Lord. It's not just about my struggles. It's not about my junk in the basement. It's time to just get the dumpster and start putting stuff in the dumpster. Who, what's the dumpster? Get before the feet of Jesus and say, I can't deal with the pain. I can't deal with the trust issues. I'm too busy making it my business, what other people think about me. I can't do it anymore, Lord. It's going in the dumpster. You take it. You deal with it. It. You called me and created me to be in relationship, and I am being unfaithful to that because I'm being bogged down by hurt and pain and wounds and financial struggle and anxiety and depression and just thoughts about myself that I don't even know where they're coming from. I'll tell you where they're coming from. Darkness. Darkness is trying to speak lies to you in a way that sounds true. Darkness is telling you about real things that happened in your life a long time ago through a lens that lies to you about the nature of God and what he can do with that pain that happened to you a long time ago. And what's the end result? I don't have a strong relationship with him and I don't have a strong relationship with other people. I'm created for relationship. That's unfaithfulness to the creation, the design. Last thing is this. And this is a declaration. Will you pray this with me? The team can come up. Pray this in your heart this morning with me. And it's this. I will let relationship change my relationships. What do you mean by that, Rusty? Let's say it again. I will let relationship change my relationships. Relationship with Jesus. I'm just telling you, there is no way that you can have the kinds of relationships that God wants you to have in your life unless you have a relationship with him. Say, so Rusty, you know, uh, maybe you're sitting here, maybe you're watching online, say, I, I, don't, I haven't surrendered to Jesus, but, you know, I have good relationships. I understand that, but do you know what? There's the difference between having amicable relationships with people and then the mission and the purpose of redemption in your relationships. That God would redeem our struggle. That God would redeem our pain. God would redeem those that we know as he does ministry through us. Are you embracing the relationship that transforms all other relationships? If you are walking with Jesus, it's time to walk with others as you walk with Jesus. And your flesh is saying to you, yeah, but where's the fulfillment in that? See, that's the lie. Because the fulfillment is in putting others for ourselves, even in some of our times of struggle greatest times of struggle and in times of being busy if you're walking with Jesus it's time to walk with others as you walk with Jesus time to pay attention in the tension 
If you're not walking with Jesus, we bow our heads as we transition into time of worship. But I want to talk to those that I don't know Jesus. See, this is the relationship that you need to embrace first. We just read about what Jesus was going through as he was being put up on that cross. Why would he allow him to go through himself to go through something like that? Why would he do that? Why would he be mocked? Why would he be tortured? Why would he be physically mutilated? Well, he did it for you. John 3:16, it is a verse that is so transforming. It says, "For God loved the world so much that he put a plan in place, and that was this, that whoever would believe in him, Jesus. He sent his son Jesus to die for the whole world. For God so loved the world that whoever would believe in the one who was on that cross and gave his life, whoever would believe, whoever would embrace relationship with him, would not perish, but have everlasting life life everlasting through Jesus Christ and not only would you have life everlasting after their, your time here on earth but you can have life right now you can live in peace right now even in the midst of your wounds so if that's you, you say Rusty I need that in my life I, I need Jesus you pray this prayer Jesus, I surrender my life to you. I ask you to come into my heart and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. You are king, and I want you to be king over my heart. I want to be in relationship with you. I want to be aligned with the most important relationship, which is you. we just pray something together as we go to sing this song. It's such a powerful song. Some of you, as we were talking about some of those struggles that you deal with, and some of it's really, it's, it's real, I know. It's real. Some of it is, it's like fresh. You, you walked in the door this morning coming out of some real struggle. We're going to speak Jesus over all of these things. Would you just begin to call on the name of Jesus? You're dealing with anxiety this morning. Would you begin to speak the name of Jesus? If you're dealing with a rebellious child, would you begin to speak the name of Jesus? If you're dealing with the wounds of the past from a relationship that was so hurtful, would you speak the name of Jesus over those wounds? He wants to bring healing to us. Let's worship him.